back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Yo, yo. Drink a little wine, Strix Picks. Sip it. Hey, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm early, baby. I don't care for Stricky, it don't have to be Thirsty Thursday. It'd be every day for Stricky. You understand how we do? This is what we do on the block. <laughs> You're on the block right now. All the blockheads, we thank you for tapping in. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and smash that like button. We're on our way to 3,000 subscribers. We are popping and ready. It is Manic Monday here on the block. We've got my guy joining us on the block right now, Cluster Johnson. We're going to have a little conversation about what happened over the weekend and maybe some thoughts on the coaching situation. Potentially, we may get into it, but we're going to find out right now. But again, we appreciate all of you subscribe, like, and share because you are on the block. And my partner, Nate Dog, welcome Cluster Johnson to the block. Happy to be here. It's a beautiful, sunny day. Um, it is that. Everything is, uh, you know, copacetic. My man. So listen, Cluster, a lot of things have transpired. There's a lot of ups and downs. We're seeing some unique things happen in college football right now. Kansas is balling. And it's one of the things you'd have to wonder, like if Nebraska played Kansas right now, if there was some <laughs> Big 12 action, what would happen? In that particular game, you have all those things. You have stuff going on right now in Denver, in the Mile High City. There's a lot of angry folk out there in Denver, Colorado right now with the Russell Wilson situation. We ain't going to – if we got time, we're going to come back to that. But the one thing I want to touch on right now, Cluster, you got a chance to see something that was unique over the weekend. Most of the blockheads as well got to see was a Red River shootout there at the Cotton Bowl where Stricky, I was actually there. We went to the Mavs Vault. I got, you know, the fans was bumping and raucous out there at the State Fair. But we saw something that hadn't happened, I don't know, in the history of the Red River Shootout. I helped text line if I'm wrong on that, help me. None of those teams was ranked, neither Texas or Oklahoma, zero ranking. What did you see? in that game that helped you to think that there's something wrong in Oklahoma. But here's the thing I really want to get to. If Nebraska played Northwestern (laughs) and Oklahoma again, would there be something different? Talk to me. I love it. Great questions. Great questions. Now you threw a lot at me. So let me see if I can tackle each one. One by one. You so let's it. talk quickly about what we saw in Texas and Oklahoma. What's amazing is how just how the season that has this serious ebbs and flows to a football season. Like at mm-hmm. the beginning of the year, Oklahoma was going to be in the college football playoff. And now it's like they fighting to even get into a bowl game, you know, at three mm-hmm. and three. They've had some really bad losses, and um, you could you could just tell the confidence of that team is where Nebraska was 
just three mm-hmm. weeks ago. So, mm-hmm. so now you're looking at Nebraska feeling like, hey, we ready for Alabama. Okay, all right, maybe that's too far. Maybe that's too you're far. a little too far. Uh, you're a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? My man Mickey got them believing mm-hmm. that any game they go into, they can compete. And now, if Nebraska played Oklahoma right now, I think it would be a different game, Stricky. I think it'd be a different game. If it's back here in Lincoln again and and, and Nebraska just won two games, I would favor Nebraska to win that game. I I would favor them to win that game right now. Um, Interesting. Now, back on this Red River shootout. Texas is obviously on the rise, and I hate for I, I hate as a Nebraska fan to even say that because I hate Texas. I think a lot of us <laughs> Nebraskans hate Texas. We got a sour taste in our mouth from what happened in the Big Twelve and all of the rule changes that they created for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Texas really exposed Oklahoma's new head coach. Like, maybe this is the reason why he's wanted to be, you know, an assistant. You know, some guys are just not built to be a head coach. Mm -hmm. And I think what's happening to him right now is he's finding out that he can have a bad game as 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 a defensive coordinator, but it's real different when you're the head coach. When you're the head coach, everybody's looking at you, and you got to get in front mm-hmm. of the podium and talk. <laughs> right. And uh, you know, this last part, as I was watching the game, I, they were they were panning in on him on the sideline, and man, as coach, you just watch all your facial expressions. I mean, they watch. I mean, you're earning that money. <laughs> I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. You are earning that money because the stress that you got to go through as a head coach is crazy. Facts. Facts. So, Cluster Johnson, what are the other things that we're talking about? We kind of discussed Matt Rule, obviously just got fired. Solid head coach in the college realm, uh, just didn't do very well. Um, you have those who are looking at the Urban Meyer the elderly statesmen in college football that had tremendous success. Some, I believe we should look to the younger generation, those who can identify and have the ear of these young men and also be able to touch uh, the NIL situation a little bit uniquely different. How do you view it as far as this coaching track? Do you think they should continue along the line of looking at both situations or do you think they should just basically hone in on the next coach, regardless of what Mickey Joseph does? Well, one of the things I just, I can't do right now, Strick, in respect of my Husker OG, Mickey, what I'm not going to do is talk about any other potential coaches. Love I know it. everybody out there is doing Love that, it. but I don't want to do that. I really feel mm-hmm. that if Mickey uh, continues on the trend that he's going. The guys are believing in themselves. They are pulling out games and they're competing. I think he should get every opportunity to win this game because we're seeing things that has have not happened in the last five years. And that's 
Mm-hmm. Guys believe in playing hard, believing even though they get down, they feel like they can still win. And mm-hmm. that's most of the battle right there when it comes to sports. I mean, you know that strict. I mean, half sure. the battle is 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 just believing because a lot of those guys physically, you wouldn't have got recruited to a Power 5 school if they didn't think that you can do it. Then it just it's about coaching. It's coaching and coaching them up, putting them in the right positions to win, and you can see that that's happening on defense. Mm-hmm, this is the mm-hmm. same defense that's giving up four, five, six hundred yards to mm-hmm. to a uh, uh, Southern uh, Georgia Southern. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. this this same team mm-hmm. was giving up all these yards to a team that was an FCS school a few years. ago. Now, even if we, I bet if we played Georgia Southern again, it'd be a different team. Yeah, Coach Bush, you know, Mickey. Listen, he's making the right moves. Okay, and that's another big thing about a head coach. He he said, you know what, your services, uh, uh, Coach Shenander, we, we appreciate what you did for us over the last five years, but we're gonna move in a new direction. Um, you know, he's he he, he put a. a I can't downgrade what he's done with the receivers. He put another guy in charge of the receivers so he can oversee everything. Uh, the way he managed the game at the end with the clock, phenomenal. You know, uh, so he's he's doing things that you would want to see out of your leader. He's doing mm-hmm. those things. Only thing I didn't address strict is KU and TCU. I didn't address that one. I'm, re- I'm rooting for KU because Malcolm Lee is on the team. That's Odious' son. He's starting, starting D-lineman. So I'm rooting for – that's like family to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of it's cool to see KU having some success because uh, I know Odious is just ecstatic um, because they – you know, Malcolm's been there for three years now, and, and it's been hopeless but uh, they're in the same mm-hmm. position as Nebraska in that they are starting to obviously believe that they can play with anybody. And mm-hmm. that's what coaches do. That's that's what a good coach does. Cluster Johnson joining us right now. Cluster, um, a lot of Nebraska fans – well, I won't say a lot. There's a few Nebraska fans out there that are looking at this as, oh, it's Rutgers, oh, it's Indiana. I, I am of the strong belief that – Nebraska, in weeks past, years past, whatever you may call it, these are games that they, that mean they might not win. You won two games in the Big Ten. Take it for what they are. A win is a win. Build some confidence. But when you look at the remainder of the schedule and you look at this Purdue game, a lot of people saying maybe they're one of the best teams in the Big Ten West. Do you think this is the real, like, first true test for Nebraska and – Say they win this game. Say they're competitive. Do you think that kind of gets you on board, the fan base on board? Everyone's kind of on the same page that this is a different look football team. Well, here's the thing. This is what this is what I'm this is what I'm like. This is what I like about Mickey. Okay, and this is what the fans will never know. But I'm gonna expose it right now. When you are going through something, it, it it becomes a rallying cry internally. There are some things that we went through as a team. You look back into the 90s, there are some things that happened in the media 
was all over us. Mm. We had some, you know, we had, we had, that happened. We, we don't have to dig it all up again, but you guys can remember. <laughs> we had a multitude of players that got into a little bit of trouble. Okay. Uh, what Mickey's doing right now is he is focusing the players. Okay. He is focusing the players. And one of the rallying cries definitely is old DJ Kelly. You know, they don't believe mm-hmm. that you could do this. <laughs> you know, whenever you tell a competitor he can't do something and, and you push the right buttons, he is out to show you that I'm better than what you've seen. Yeah. And we can, we can prove the, the, what you think is being possible. And if he can keep these games close, then and he's showing you at the end of the game he's able to make the right moves. He can push the right buttons to get them over the top. So I think what they're looking for in Purdue is to be competitive so that they have a chance to win at the end. And and, and when that happens, you know, when that happens, I don't I don't see a team on the schedule that that can't happen with. Mm-hmm. Even even with Michigan. I mean you know Michigan is not really just blowing teams out. I mean, they're giving you I, – I got a chance to see Michigan play against Iowa a few weeks ago, and they are not the same Michigan as last year. Um, they still have a lot of great players, but they're not the same team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw some, I saw kinks in their armor. So, again, Michigan played Nebraska tough last year. Michigan played Michigan State tough last year. Michigan, uh, these – a lot of these players that's on the team, there has been some turnover, but some of these players were there during these times when we played these good teams close. And that can permeate to the other players. Okay? Yeah. And they, again, you got a coach. You got a coach who's obviously saying the right thing. And uh, I think – Again, if you can play teams close and have a chance to win at the end, that's that's what you that's what you want to see. No doubt, and and I think something you know. Shout out to Bill Bush, you know what I'm saying? Like he took over something that was looking like a dumpster fire on the on the defensive <laughs> side of things, and he literally has been able in a short span of time to get those guys made a few adjustments. You know, you see Malcolm Herzog come in, you're seeing different pieces, certain guys getting different, different amounts of time, both on the offensive side as well. I think that was phenomenal that you're, you you know, guys like that, man, kudos to them as well. And, and, and what they've been able to to accomplish in such a short time. Let me throw something else in there, Strick. One of the things that used to happen to Nebraska is, a team would make a big play, and it was like, oh, my God, here, here we go again. It, it was almost mm-hmm. like they gave up. And yeah. I, I, I haven't seen that. You know, I've seen something a little different. Teams, listen, teams are going to make plays on you, right? You yeah. gotta, you just got to be able to reset. You got to reset mentally and get in position. Hey, listen, we saw that. We ain't going to let that happen to us no more, right? I don't care what anybody yeah. says. They were on the road 
at Rutgers in a hostile environment, they only gave up 13 points. Mm-hmm. That that's that's pretty that's that's actually pretty good in college football. I don't care what anybody's saying about what kind of team it was. It's mm-hmm. hard to win in the Big Ten, especially mm-hmm. on the road. So the fact Period. that they can do that that gives you a lot of confidence. Period. That's good stuff. Period. He's Cluster Johnson. We're going to see him on a regular basis, man. We still got some games left, Class. We got a big one coming up. Obviously, real quick before we uh, close out, how do you view this this last situation uh, that's coming up now in the progression of this this schedule? Now they've got a tough Purdue team, and I love the progression of it because you went from defensive-minded teams, no no offense nor defense, but just a, a team that's won games to a staunch defensive team in Rutgers, really no offense. So now you've got a pass heavy <laughs> lack of run team on the road. Now you've got a whole different scheme you've got to prepare for. And then you follow that up, but let's just stay there. We ain't going to go to a follow-up. Tell us what you <laughs> think this outcome will look like and what do you think they'll, you know, what do you think uh, Purdue will bring as far as a challenge to the, the Huskers is coming? Well, uh, Purdue is uh, very, they're pass happy. And that's one of the teams where they really don't care if they run the ball very much and they're successful. Short, the short game for them are runs, are counted as runs. So, Believe me, I got to see Purdue up close and personal last year, and David Bell, who I'm so happy he's gone because he just he was eating up the Big Ten for about three years, but he finally got drafted. Um, but uh, I think for this game, what's gonna and it's gonna be very cliche as what I say, but you're gonna have to be able to put some pressure on the quarterback. Um, you got to make them uncomfortable. And uh, obviously, um, when you make somebody one-dimensional, it makes it a little bit easier on your defense because then you can kind of dial some things up by putting some pressure on, some different blitzes and stuff like that. But even if you don't get there, you got you to gotta make some hits. You got you mm-hmm. to you gotta take some shots to the quarterback um, and uh, just make him feel it. Because w- whenever yeah. you – have hit the quarterback a few times. It wears on him over over the period of time in the game, and those throws are not as they're not good throws. You know, they're not as mm-hmm. explosive throws when it comes to the third and the fourth quarter because he's had a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever you put in pressure on the quarterback, it makes obviously it makes it really easier for DBs because they don't have to cover as long. But when you got a guy who can run around. Uh, or when you've got a, a plan where you're getting the ball, you, you know, getting rid of the ball really fast, then tackling becomes a really, really big deal. So what mm-hmm. we want to see is being very physical. When these guys catch the ball, they need to get hit, okay? And we need to create some alligator arms where they don't want to catch it. Um, mm-hmm. We need to put pressure on the quarterback. got to put pressure on the quarterback. Love um, it. I think as far as on the offensive side, they just need to continue doing what they're doing. You know, it seemed like they had pretty good balance. 
uh, keep running that ball with Grant. I mean, I really like him. Tough, tough running kid. And, uh, you know, get the ball to your playmakers on the outside. Um, but you do want to establish that run game. Establish that run game so that when you need to milk the clock in the, in, in the fourth quarter, you can depend on it. Cluster, we appreciate you as always. Will we hear from you next week? Let's make this a weekly thing. I'll be there. Awesome. Right, listen, all, all my man's trick all I have to do, all I have to do is put the bat signal in the air, baby. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> we believe hey, that hey, we'll, we'll we'll hear from you next Monday then, Cluster. We appreciate you. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. There he goes, two-time national champion, Cluster Johnson, joining us, as he always does, right here on the block on Mondays. Uh, Got to take a quick break, and we will wrap things up before we, before we throw it over to the guys from old school. A little bit of remote work. They were pretty busy this weekend. DP even at the game over there in New Jersey. We'll get his thoughts and breaking it all down as we head into our game against Purdue now. So now we're focusing this Saturday on Purdue. We'll be right back. You listen on the block, 93.7 The Ticket. 